Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Deep End. My name is Bryce, and today we are going. We I am ranking the top ten NBA players of all time. If you guys enjoy this podcast, go ahead and support me. Using the link in the description. And if you want to appear on the podcast, go ahead and send me a voice message using that same link. We good? I think we're good. Okay. Um, and guys, on most of my episodes, I will be posting like Q&As or statements. Um, and if you're listening on Spotify or Anchor or I'm pretty sure there's the only websites, um, you, you guys can actually see the questions and you can reply to them. Um... So, yeah, if y'all want to do that, too, I might even put some replies from there into the podcast, um, like some funny ones or the correct answer. Um, but anyways, let's hop in to today's episode. Okay. So, ranking the top 10 players, NBA players of all time is... Perhaps is probably one of the most controversial rankings ever. Like with football, I mean, it's not that controversial because, I mean, like most lists have a criteria to like how valuable they are to their team and NBA lists have that too but with NFL it's a much different thing because let's say you play quarterback you can't really be valuable to your team by intercepting passes you can't be valuable to your team by making game-saving tackles you can't be valuable valuable to your team by making 70 yard runs well I guess you can't making 70 yard catches so but in the NBA, you can be if you're a center. If you're a center, you can be valuable to your team by making three pointers. Um, you can be valuable to your team by even drilling the ball down the court and making a play. And same goes with point guards, even backing people down in the post. Sometimes, like it's very different. So my criteria with ranking the top ten NBA players is. Um, my criteria, Shad B, just the level of skill, and by that, I mean, like, your ability to score, your ability to make plays, your ability to rebound, your ability to play defense, taking all those, taking all those attributes and just things in general into account, this is my final list. Hope you enjoy. Coming in at the greatest NBA player of all time, in my opinion, something some of you always forget, my opinion, I am allowed to have an opinion, and although you may not agree with it, it's my thoughts, my opinion, and you can have your own. And I might not agree with that, but you can have your own. We can argue about it. If you send me a voice message, I would be glad to do that. Um, But I will not simply just go, Oh my God, I can't believe you think this way. Jesus, wow, you shouldn't even have an opinion. Like, you deserve an opinion. You deserve your right to have an opinion. You deserve thoughts. 
although I may not just support where your thought is, I support you having a thought. So, anyways, coming in the number one spot, I have Kobe Bean Bryant. I know, I know, a stretch. Why not put someone like Michael Jordan or Magic Johnson or, or LeBron James or Wilt Chamberlain? The reason I have Kobe is because, although we saw this same Ashley and MJ, Kobe would, like, go so hard on his teammates. And I feel like what people don't really recognize and this is this goes for everybody because I feel like most basketball critics have never picked up a basketball in their entire lives like so or even played on a team so their perception of Kobe being a quote-unquote bad teammate is their perception of his tone and what he's saying so this happens with all sports players now their tone and what they're saying tell a completely different story. Their tone is the way of delivering that, and the what, what they're saying is, well, what they're saying. So let's say that I go to my dog, and I'm just having a bad day, but I tell him that he's the most adorable thing to ever exist. And I go, oh, gosh, you're the most adorable thing to ever exist. Like, the tone seems like I'm, like, sarcastic, but... The message is there. The message says that guy's the cutest thing of all time. Now this, you, now sometimes this can be applied to actual sarcasm, sarcasm, um, which happens all the time. So, but with sports players, you really don't have sarcasm because sports is not only about who can make the plays; it's about morale to make the plays and the confidence and what you have inside you to make the plays. So. If a team has low morale, but good skill, best chance, they're not going to have a great game. But if their teammates are picking one, one another up, and they do, and they even have not that good a skill, they have a good chance to win. And that's what Kobe does. His tone tells a different story than his words. His words tell, although they might be put in a different language, his, I mean, not language, but word, like, some might be mixed around and sound like he's mad at you. Um, what he's trying, what he's always saying is trying to pick up his teammates, but his tone says that he's mad at him, and that's what always happens with sports, sports and stuff, and business and stuff in general. Um, so yeah, but now let's get into what actually makes him a great player. Um, he now you see all these players with these great attributes about them, and then you see Kobe, who saw. All those players. And then he saw another thing. He saw an opportunity to be all of them. And he took it. Kobe took the game from MJ. He took the game from... Le well, not LeBron. He took the game from Magic. took the game from Will. From Kareem. From even Shaq. Kobe took so many skills that made all these great players great and made he and made himself even better. So you have all these players with these great skills that people think deserve to be in the top in the top one. And then you see Kobe who replicates all those skills and adds them on top of one each other, one another. Across a multitude of different players. Not just one. 
see, that's what makes Kobe a, a great player. He studied all those players and literally replicated their moves and basically became them in a sense and like was performing their moves in normal NBA games. Um, and he deserves to be on the spot because of how hard he worked to get to the top of that, like them and just become, in my opinion, the greatest player of all time. So you see Kobe with this legendary work ethic and all these skills from across different players and all these other players who I'm not saying are trash, but like they don't have the same like greatness of skill skill set as Kobe because Kobe has their skills and others. And let's not just talk about the skills that Kobe took from other players. Let's talk about the skills that he had in the first place. His insane athleticism. His ability to read the core and know if he should shoot it or pass it. Shoot it or move it. Um, and, that, and that's what made people think that he was a ball hog. He's not a ball hog. He read the court. He knows his players. And he knows what they can do. So if he should pass to one of the players in the three-point line, if they can't make a three, it's pretty obvious that he shouldn't pass to them on three-point line if they're slightly covered. Now, at the wide open, by all means, get the ball to them because they might make it. But slightly covered, probably don't. They're not the best shooter. And that's what Kobe saw, and he took advantage of that, and he became a court general, a playmaker, a shooter, all those. But anyways... Going into spot number two, very predictable. He's in like the top three of at least every single, every single list, like of all time. Like, oh my God, guys. <laughs> but I got Michael Jordan, MJ. Um, I mean, like what I just said about Kobe was Michael Jordan. Because like Kobe, now MJ had all these, uh, had also had all these skills from other players um, that he watched and he grew, grew up with and he replicated. But Kobe had more. And Kobe replicated more. If that makes any sense. But MJ was this insane basketball player. Insane leader. Insane just athleticism all into one one man. Like, you see, MJ had one of, if not the highest work ethic of all time. Not just in sports. Of all time. I mean, not just in, yeah, not even, not just in basketball, not just in football, not just, not just in those two in general, not just in sports in general, but just one of, if not the highest work ethics of all time for his passion. His passion was basketball, and he really made that clear by how much he worked at it. And you could tell because his mid-range has, it was always on point. Always on point. And his famous flu game, dropping like 30 or 40, might have been 60, I can't remember. Like, holy, holy. MJ... MJ's ability to literally push through any conflict ever is 
absolutely insane. Like, holy crap. You throw a task at MJ, and he's going to do it. You need to make a game winner, he's going to do it. So, yeah, he deserves number two spot. Number three, Magic Johnson, the greatest passer, playmaker, court general of all time. Like, wow, this man was... This man was truly something. Like, holy. Six foot nine point guard. Sometimes played literally. He he could play every single position just because of how skilled he was. He could back people down in the post, not only because of his height, but but because of his build, but because of his tactics, because of his skill, because of his strategy. He could play point guard, and we all know how great he was as that at, at that. Best point guard of all time. Best passer of all time, which is the main job of a point guard to pass, to create plays. Because succeed at small forward, because they are meant to be, in my opinion, the most balanced position in the game. My opinion. And Magic showed that. Very good defender. Had hands, like, not only as fast as freaking lightning, but as tentative and, like, as, like, focused and as sharp and as accurate as like an assassin or a sniper and his real name is Irvin but there's a reason why he's called magic like just go into go onto YouTube simplest place look up magic Johnson highlights magic Johnson clips magic Johnson plays and just watch them. They are so amazing. Just look at what he does. He has an open layup? No, I want that assist. He's probably the most unselfish player of all time. Open dunk? No, I want the assist. I want to make my teammates better. I want to let my teammates have the spotlight. I want to let my teammates have the show. I want to let my teammates do everything they can to earn a spot. And see, that's what, that's what the other MJ was. That's what Magic Johnson was. Now, Kobe and MJ, Kobe and Michael, all always wanted to pick up their teammates. Now, Magic is like the living embodiment of picking up your teammates. Even in games, even when he wasn't talking to them, he was picking them up. Not only by, like... Just clapping for them, but giving them the ball, even when he has the open lane, to give himself some points, give himself some some dunk, some poster. No, he lets his teammates have the opportunity. His teammates, not him, his teammates, which is, my opinion, one of the most valuable assets in a player. But anyways. Place, spot, whatever. Number, foe. Will Chamberlain. Do I need to explain? He, now, I know I just said about giving the ball to your teammates and not taking points for yourself, but, like, he had nobody to give the ball to. And I know I just said, ooh, crap, sorry if you heard that. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Well, that can't. Well, I'm not gonna redo because I'm at 16 minutes right now. I can't just redo because of the. Not. I'm not gonna say anything else because you might not even have heard it. So, um, it was like the 50s and the 60s. Players weren't really getting better. Um, if they, like, when they made it into the NBA, that was basically the, the skill level they stood at, the, basically, their entire career. Will dropped 100 points in a game, averaged 50, averaged 50 points a game in a season, and I, I bet in that 100-point game, Wilt Chamberlain had over 30 rebounds. How many rebounds did Wilt Chamberlain have in his 100-point game? Oh. Yeah, so 25. But if we look at the average rebounds in a game today, average, and keep in mind, today... Players are so much better. Average rebounds per game, NBA. Not the records, just average rebounds per game. Come on, Google. Not teams, just players. Come on. Clint Capella with 14. Average rebounds per game. Wilt Chamberlain. 22.9. Eight more rebounds than Clint Capella. Wow. And now my favorite part of basketball is rebounding. Like, ask anyone, anyone that knows me, anyone that plays basketball with me. Now, hopefully y'all don't know them because that would be super creepy unless you, like, go to my school and, like, are my friend or something because that makes sense, you know? But anyways, they will they would tell you that my favorite thing of basketball is rebounding, grabbing the ball. That sounded really weird, but get your minds out of the gutter. Um... I love rebounding. I always have. And with the amount of points scored with the rebounds, oh, that is heaven right there. I mean, let's see how many blocks he had. How many blocks did Wilt Hmm, let's see. How many blocks did he have? Okay, first of all, he had 90% of his free throws in one game. Wow, that was his 100-point game. Consider one more missed free throw. One more. Now, still, it still would have been, it still would be the most points scored in all time. But one misread, though. And he wouldn't have gone that beautiful 1-0-0. Now, why does this explain why Wilt is such a valuable player and why he deserves to be number four? Rebounding, in my opinion, is the most essential part of the game. Because you can do it on both offense and de on both offense and defense. And it helps your team so much. Like, Imagine if the other team gets an offensive board. That's another chance for them to score. You get the defensive board, your ball, you guys have a chance to, get, to score. You get an offensive board, you have another chance to score. You have a chance to put up points. 
you have a chance to make a play. That's why it's the most important part of the game. Because it's not even who gets the rebound, it's who makes the play off of the rebound. So people still make plays off the rebound. So assuming you can get the rebound, put it back up. That's two points for your team. I know. Simple basketball, right? Yeah. But Will did it in such a way where no matter what, he was going to make a play. No matter if he passed it to his teammates or he went the simple way. The simple way was like domination. Just grab the rebound. Woo! And just absolutely murder anyone else in the paint. Like, holy crap. But anyways, number five. At Bill, Rus Bill, Bill Russell. His rival, I want to say. I'm pretty sure he averaged 20 rebounds a game. I don't know. So the record for highest rebounds in a game was set by Walt with 55. Um, against the Buds, the Boston Celtics. Against the Russell. Ooh. But you cannot overlook the fact that Bill Russell has 11 rings. 11. That is more than any other sports player, I believe. Most championships in sports by player. Yep. Bill Russell with 11 championships. The next closest is his teammate with 10. With 10. With 10. Oh, my God. Do I need to say that anymore? Bill, Bill Russell carried, well, I don't want to say carried, but he was very uh, insane player for his team. I believe he averaged probably at 20 points a game along with 20 rebounds. And we all know at this point how much I love my rebounds. Um, Bill, wow. Um, amazing player. Um, basically Wilt, but just I don't want to say less talented, but just less good. Not just not as good, but still very incredibly good. And that's why he's number five, ahead of our number six spot, LeBaron Jahemez. I mean, I just completely ruined that meme. LeBron Jahemez. Um, see, I've always hated LeBron. So, I don't really know if I want to talk about why he's in the top 10, because I don't really like giving him compliments. So, you know, I'm just not going to. Um, question number seven, Kareem. I'm not question. Number seven, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Coming in at number seven. Um, arguably the best center of all time, but in my opinion, no. Most dominant is probably Will. Mm, and best post player, probably Shaq or Wilt. But best shooter, probably Kareem. Now, he wasn't, like, pulling up from Curry range, but his hook shot, his free throw, 
his close mid wasn't even that bad. And if you have a center in that early, I don't want to say early, well, pretty early, okay, about 70s, 80s, you have a prodigy right there, a center that can shoot the basketball from more than, like, 10 feet. That, that, that's sick. Um, and Kareem was, like, he was seven two. Kareem height. He was seven. He was seven two. Ralph Sampson was seven four. I don't even know who that is. Oh my god! Well, the more you know, Ralph Sampson, a player that I didn't even know about for the Houston Rockets, is seven foot four. Seven foots. Bryce, you just have the best grammar to exist on this planet, don't you? Seven foots fours. Good job. Um, but anyways, yeah. Kareem. Question number I'm not oh my god, Bryce, this isn't weekly trivia. Those are on Wednesdays. By the way, I just plugged my uh, my weekly trivia schedule every Wednesday. And my new deep end schedule is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at around this time, so at around eight. To 10, they'll be uploaded. So keep a look after them if you can stay up that late. <laughs> but number eight, Shaquille O'Neal, who I just talked about being probably the most dominant post center, maybe even post, probably post player of all times. Time. I really have an obsession with putting S at the end of words, don't I? But crap. Oh my god, I hit the wires, and my mic didn't cut out. That is actually, like, a freaking miracle. Holy crap, that is, like, the best thing to ever happen in my life. <laughs> but anyways, Shaq. Arguably the worst shooter of all time, but one of the best players of all time, and that he that is why he is, you know, like, oh, I don't know. Number eight in top ten of all time, in a 12-year-old's opinion, but who cares about that okay okay <laughs> um but check probably in my opinion second most dominant center of all time maybe third but probably second he went to lsu it was a beast there then he got drafted for the magic and he was already breaking backboards there good job Shaq. We all love you. But anyways, Shaq, with a dominant career, playing with the Magic, the Lakers, the Heat, after this point, he started to kind of crap out. I believe he then went to the Suns, and then the Cavs, and then finished his career, sad rest of his career, with the Celtics. And I believe he scored about two points in his last game, I think. Let me fact check that. How many points? Oh. Oh. Wow, he, played, he even played against the Heat. Because how many points he got? Big old goose egg. Big old goose egg. I believe he averaged two points a game. Average PPG Shaq with 
So next. Oh, what? 9.2 with the Celtics? Oh, wow. Oh, but he only played 37 games. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but Shaq, probably the most dominant center of all time, really could just work his way in the post to get to that basket and lay it in or usually absolutely destroy whoever's life was somehow even managing to stand up. And now is not anymore because their life just got ended by Shaq absolutely dunking all over them. Um, but anyways, number nine, Laurie Bard. Probably, probably the best trash talker of all time. Maybe Gary Payton. Larry Bird would literally call out the move he was going to do, call out the shot he was going to do, and call out where he was going to shoot it from. Do it. And then still make the shot. Like, that's how confident Larry Bird was in, was in his game. And for the right reasons. What I just said is completely true. Gary Payton did the exact same things. Like, Larry Bird, one of the best shooters of all time, undoubtedly. One of the weirdest and most awkward forms of all time. Um, and a not-so-great coach. But, um, Larry Bird. Brought many championships to the Celtics, many great histories, much great history to the Celtics. You know, Bryce, if you could talk today, that would actually be sick. So if you could just do that, that would be really helpful. Um, Yeah, Larry Bird, one of the best shooters of all time, one of the best Celtics of all time, if not the best, but obviously he got boo drawn by Bill Russell, being under the number five spot. Um, Yeah, Larry Bird, great playmaker. Some clutch moments of all time. Um, number 10, to end this long episode off, it's going to be about or over 30 minutes, Timothy Duncan. There's a reason why his last name is Duncan. Um, he be Duncan on them haters. Bryce, oh my god. Bryce, like... I swear, I have two bodies in me. The one that can't talk and loves to use really annoying jokes, and then the one that is actually, like, I'm not going to say smart because I'm retarded on both sides, but the one that actually kind of has an idea of what he's doing and is not as retarded. Um, but anyways, Tim Duncan, absolute big fundamental was his nickname and for the right reasons he would always practice fundamentals he would always practice free throws and probably the most overlooked shot of all time the bank shot trust me you hit that top corner of the little square on the backboard goes in every single time no matter what side you're on hit the top corner of the side nearest to you and you're probably going to make it. Unless you put too much freaking power on it and break the backboard like someone we know at number eight. Um, but yeah, Tim Duncan, big fundamental. Um, and this is something that I've tried to focus on. Um, kind, kind of being Tim Duncan. Not obviously, not like being Tim Duncan. Obviously, I'm not going to be as good as him. But like trying to focus on the fundamentals and maybe even making myself into a very good player like he was. Um, and, hey, see all these players on here? Don't be surprised if you're an NBA player named Bryce.
Blondie, and he's gonna be better than all of these players. But no, I'm joking. But anyways, if you guys enjoyed this episode, which I hope you did, go ahead and listen to all my other ones. They are just as or better, just as good or better than this episode. Um. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.